Welcome back to the Be The Benchmark podcast. I am so glad to have you here today. This is Erin Tarr, CEO and founder of Be The Benchmark. <laughs> CEO sounds so oh, lofty, which I don't feel very lofty as I sit in my guest room during a quarantine recording this on an iPad while sitting next to lots of unfolded laundry. But today we are going to continue our discussion about Untangled, Lisa Demore's book, Guiding Teenage Girls Through the Seven Strands into Adulthood, and I'm so glad you're here to join me. Stick around. All right, everybody, chapter two of Untangled. We took two sessions to cover the first chapter, which was Parting with Childhood. There was a lot that was tucked into that chapter and a lot of things that I thought you would want to know about as a parent. So this episode will probably only be one chapter, which is joining a new tribe. And basically what she means by that, this strand, is talking about friendships. And guys, let me tell you, if there is something that we talk about more than anything else at my benchmark meetings, that I talk about any more with parents of teen girls, it is their friendships and their relationships. So this is a big chapter. And what's interesting that we'll continue to talk about as we go along is that all of these strands come together. So parting with childhood is not separate from joining a new tribe, which is not separate from harnessing our emotions. We're going to evaluate each one individually, but as we go along, you're going to kind of see how they all join together and ebb and flow in the life that is your teenage daughters and ultimately yours. So a couple of things that we want to start out with talking about as far as joining this new tribe. There are two definitions that Lisa Demore wants to make sure that we understand. Uh, one is conflict and the other is bullying. So this is a hot button for me because I think bullying has become this buzzword that people like to use for any time kids don't get along. Is there real bullying? Absolutely. Is it horrible? Absolutely. Bullying is a pattern of behavior when one child or group of children continually, repeatedly, and with malice is harmful to a specific child. Conflict is basically everything else. So when my daughter comes home and tells me that someone was mean to her, I'm like, okay, I need to evaluate. Is this repeated behavior? Is this the same person really trying to hurt you? Is this person only trying to hurt you? Do they try and hurt everyone? Um, because that can kind of be a, a fine line, but there are People who are just mean people, unfortunately. And so my girls and I have talked about that a lot, where there are some kids that are just kind of mean to everyone. And unfortunately, that comes from a place of hurt in themselves. And that's what I talk to my daughter about a lot. Like, obviously, something is hurting in them and they feel like they need to hurt others. Um, but they're not singling you out and specifically trying to make your life miserable, you know. So that's kind of something that is a little different. Also, when friends get in arguments or which, I mean, some relationships and she talks later in the chapter about this about frenemies where sometimes they're friends sometimes they're enemies you can't tell that's not necessarily bullying behavior but there are patterns that we want to let our kids know about 
bullying is very serious. If you think, and this is, I'm skipping way ahead here. If you think that your child is being bullied or that your child is a bully, these are the two two of the three signs of when you really need to worry about your child's friendships. If you think they're being bullied or if you think they are a bully. And so that can be really traumatic for a child to be bullied. Like it literally changes their brain and there are issues with that. So we want to make sure that that's not what's happening and we need to get involved and we need to get other people involved if that's what's happening. But we also need to be realistic. We also need to really know our kids enough to know if sometimes they're the mean kid, and sometimes I cannot tell you as a teacher how many parents are completely unaware of how their child conducts themselves around other children. And it's a very delicate and difficult topic to approach. And so you really need to keep your eyes wide open. I'm consistently, even though in general, I think my kids are very kind and very nice, I'm consistently talking with them and keeping my eyes wide open to make sure that I am not parenting a bully. That's a huge deal. So those are two things to be aware of. So once you've figured out if it's conflict or bullying, which reach out to me, I'm happy to talk to you about that if you have questions with what your child is experiencing. The other term that she wants us to kind of deconstruct is the term popular. This is a term my third grader already comes home talking about the word popular and I deconstruct it with her and let me tell you what that looks like. When she says, oh, so-and-so is popular, I'm like, what does popular mean? Tell me more about that. What kind of behavior constitutes popular? And so they'll talk about what types of friends they have, whether or not people like them, different things like this. Uh, and so a lot of times Lisa Demore argues that popular equals powerful. And so sometimes that power is used for good and sometimes it is used for not so good. And so really making sure that kids understand, like if you want to be popular, what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, so definitely helping them. And a great tool that I'm going to give you, this is not Lisa, this is me, is the tagline, tell me more about that. So those three words in any situation are an invitation for your daughter to open up to you more without you making any judgments, without you rushing to give your two cents or your opinion or any advice. It's just continuing the conversation and honestly letting them think about the things that they're saying because a lot of times they're talking so fast and they have so much to say and especially when it comes to things that are that they're mad about or upset about or feel are unfair, once they finally stop to be able to say, okay, well tell me a little bit more about that piece or tell me a little bit more here. That's a really good tool to use. Um, and the third thing that she really points out at the very beginning of this chapter is, it is our responsibility moms, our responsibility to model healthy relationships. That is relationships with friends, that is relationships with our spouse, that is relationships with them and it is our job to model those. And that can be very tricky because a lot of us weren't taught what healthy relationships look like, either by our parents or by society in general. And so we're learning as we go, but it is our responsibility to really try and model those for them. And a, a example that I really like to use is Brene Brown's marble jar friendship. We talk about marble jar friendships both in my benchmark groups as well as with my daughters a lot. And basically, the 
metaphor kind of goes back to in a lot of classes and actually my third grader does have this there's literally a jar and when people in the class do good and kind and nice things and productive things the whole class gets a marble in the jar and then when the jar is filled up then they get a party and this is a pretty common uh, technique for teachers to use to encourage good behavior and so the idea between behind a marble jar friend is that you have a metaphorical marble jar that is empty when you meet someone and every time something kind that they do or something that encourages you or things that they do that can help you to trust them they get a marble in the jar and once the jar is full then you can really think of that person as someone you can trust someone you can go to someone you have a deeper and stronger relationship with and I think that especially in junior high and high school a lot of times girls are rushing they meet someone, they play the same sport, or they're in the same class, or they're this or they're that, and all of a sudden they're spilling their deepest, darkest secrets to this person and spending time with them, and then two weeks later, that person's totally off the grid onto something else, and this creates a lot of conflict. Girls aren't sure who they can trust or what they can do, and it can create a lot of issues for them, especially if they trust the wrong person. So really encouraging them to evaluate what a marble jar friend looks like and how they can evaluate that and how they can move forward with those particular friendships. Another thing that is really important when it comes to friendships is quality over quantity. And that's completely what the marble jar friendship thing is about. A lot of times girls will look at other girls and think they have so many friends and they're so popular and they get invited to all the parties but those girls very well may not have people they can actually trust it's hard to say you can't know that for sure but if we can emphasize especially at younger ages with our girls about the quality of our friendships and really helping them understand and this is a good question that i often like to ask girls particularly when they're talking about romantic relationships but in general all relationships how do you feel right after you've talked to that person or right after you've interacted with them. Because we want to surround ourselves with people who make us feel good, who encourage us. Also, is this person supportive of the type of person you want to be? Is this person making you a better person? Or are you struggling when you're around this person to be the best version of yourself? Those are some questions you can ask yourself to really decide if it's a healthy relationship that you wanna to continue to invest more time in. Um, and ultimately, we need to teach our daughters how to be assertive about what they expect and what they are entitled to. And I don't like to use that word entitled very much, but what they are entitled to in a healthy relationship. What are their non-negotiables to have in a good relationship with friends or with romantic partners or even with teachers or parents? Being able to state their truth in a very calm way and move forward in that way so that they can evaluate their friendships and have strong friendships based on good communication. It's hard because we as adults really struggle with it, but that is what we really need to be teaching our girls. And it's a tricky situation because girls are not always gonna be listening to us. We don't wanna turn every conversation we have into a teachable moment. They will be so turned off. We need to be as much listeners and falling back and trying to think about it. So when we do really feel like we need to step in, that they are ready to listen because we're not trying to step in every two seconds. And this is one of those things that I'm so glad I read this book earlier when my kids were younger because I can talk to them a lot now and they will listen to almost everything I say. But I know in another, I have a 12 year old as my oldest, I know in another year, 
it, it's going to be a struggle for her to to really take what I have to say to heart as much as she did when she was nine and 10 and even 11 years old. So I'm glad that I was able to kind of set some of those foundations early. And I think that's really key for raising a teen is knowing that when they're nine, 10, 11 years old, you're raising a teen. Um, and the last thing that I want to touch on in this joining a new tribe is really talking about the risky behaviors that are so evident when kids are trying to figure out where they fit in. Because when you go into junior high and when you go into high school or when you enter a new school, there's this juxtaposition of who's gonna be whose friends, who's getting invited to what parties, who's gonna be on the right text chains with these people, those types of things. And it's very important um, that your girls have an out for risky behavior. So when they figure out, hey, maybe I've gotten myself in with the wrong crowd, or maybe these are my good friends, but I'm not willing to take this type of risk or that type of risk, whether it's a little dangerous, illegal, or just something that doesn't make them comfortable, they need to be able to use you, if at all possible, as an out. Like, hey, you know, my mom's calling, you know, give them that out. My mom is calling, you have like certain text messages that you can, uh, know our 911 signals just between the two of you or um, if it comes to alcohol or smoking or anything like that being able to say oh my gosh I would totally do this but my mom's nose is like a bloodhound or my mom stays up all night and she's gonna know and I just can't risk that right now because of volleyball or whatever like really being able to practice some of those scripts of when they get in uncomfortable situations what are their go-tos and giving them two or three options of here are things you can do if you're in an uncomfortable situation you know obviously we would love for them to never get in those situations but at the end of the day the reality is sometimes it happens and they need to have tools to get out of those situations so that is the overarching part of joining a new tribe there is a little bit of a caveat more about social media but we're going to save that for another episode. So if you're interested in exactly how I feel about technology fitting in and social media, I'm going to do probably a mini episode on that between the chapters. So stay tuned for that. At the end of the day, we cannot solve every problem for our daughters, even though we would love to swoop in and make sure they have good friends and support of this and support of that. Um, they're going to have to navigate a lot of these things with us on the sidelines. And so... At the end of the day, my hope is that we've created a bond of trust enough that they will come to us when they're having these issues and that we can help talk them through and problem solve whatever friend issues they have and that we're wise enough to have some thoughts for them, but also to have a tribe of moms around us to help us with those thoughts. So that is my takeaway from this. Oh, the final thing to be worried about is if they don't have any tribe. If they literally are on their own and they don't have friends, that is another reason to worry. And so most kids have at least one or two good friends that they can connect with. And so if they don't have a good friend, have at least one or two good friends, they are a victim of bullying or they are bullying others, those are the times to worry. And that's when we really need to talk. So that's about all I have for today. That was chapter two, joining a new tribe of Lisa Demore's book, Untangled. Join me next time for another great chapter. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining me today as we discussed friendships and teen and tween girls. What a roller coaster that is, am I right? 
So I hope that you got something out of today's podcast. I hope that you are doing well. And I can't wait to hear any questions that you have or any comments that you have about these episodes and if they're helping you out or not. So this is Aaron Tarr signing off. Go choose your thoughts, create your life, and change the world. See you next time.